are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We got your picks in pro football this weekend, along with my thoughts on a lot of the college championship games, conference championship games starting tonight. There's a couple, and then a lot, obviously, on Saturday. And we will get to all those momentarily. All right, first, even though they're on Sunday and Monday, let's start in the pros. We're coming off 0-10-1 in my last 11 plays. So if you wanted to fade these plays, by all means, I'm not saying I'm going to lose. I'm not trying to lose. But if you faded them, I wouldn't blame you. We're on a cold streak right now. But in the beginning of the year, I was on a hot streak. And I'm guessing you weren't fading those. So... Do what you want here, but these are the games that I like. Whew. Three, seven, and one on my best bets. That is not good. We're going with the Green Bay Packers plus six at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think the line's too high. I think people are excited about Kansas City winning a uh, by 14 last week in Las Vegas, and then they go got to go travel basically across the country now. Not across the country, but back-to-back road games as a – as a favorite of six or more, they already covered the first one. If they didn't cover against the Raiders, I'd be on the Kansas City Chiefs here. But they did cover against the Raiders, and Green Bay is playing really well right now and has a shot to make the playoffs. They've turned things around. I like the way they're playing. I think that's too many points at home for them. I can see Kansas City winning this game by three. Best bet of the week, Packers plus six against the Kansas City Chiefs. Other plays that I like. Now, you're going to have to keep an eye on this line because I only like this line if they remain an underdog, and that is when Mike Vrabel is home and an underdog, he covers almost 70% of the time. The Tennessee Titans right now are a one-point underdog at home against the Indianapolis Colts. If you put it in today, you're getting them as a dog. However, they might flip by game time. For whatever reason, Tennessee just absolutely loses their identity when they go on the road. They're 0-6 on the road this year, but they're 4-1 at home. And they've beaten some good teams at home this year. Got to take them again. They won last week at home. We'll take them again this week. Last week they were favorites. This is the week where they're in their spot. Home underdog Mike Vrabel just absolutely kills it. So we'll take Tennessee plus the one. Here's a bet against a guy who I didn't even know was going to be playing in the NFL this year, but the Cleveland Browns signed him off the scrap heap. And he apparently is going to start this Sunday in L.A. against the Rams. And that is Joe Flacco. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. I can't bet on a guy, and I have to bet against a guy who hasn't taken a snap all year and who hasn't even been on a team all year. Give me the Rams. Buy the half point down. Rams minus three at home against Cleveland. I'm going back to the well with the Detroit Lions. Maybe they're in a bad spot right now, and they're about to falter towards the end of the season. I think they turn it around. They get well against a New Orleans Saints team that – I thought was played well at home and bad on the road. They're just playing bad all around. Doesn't matter where they're playing. Their offense absolutely stinks. Detroit should be able to outscore them. Give me Detroit minus four on the road at New Orleans. And then the other game I like, and this one probably is one you're not going to like, but we're going against a team that's won five games in a row. That's right. I'm going against the Denver Broncos. They're on the road at Houston. Denver's coming off a big home win. Houston coming off a bad home loss. Are they really going to lose two in a row? Buy that half point down to three. Houston minus three at home against Denver. Your underdog play of the week, give me the Arizona Cardinals plus the five and a half 
at the Steelers. Basically, this is just another bet against the Steelers' offense. Yes, I know they went over 400 yards for the first time in 45 games last week. Maybe they've turned things around. I'm going to guess that they didn't. It was a one-game anomaly. Yes, they're playing the Arizona Cardinals, but we've seen that Arizona is a lot better with Kyler Murray at the helm. I think they can stay within five of the Steelers in this one. Give me Arizona plus five and a half. I'm six and six on those underdog plays. By the way, the picks this year is the only thing I've been doing well on in the NFL, 21 13 and 3. And that's with two offers the last two weeks. Remember, I believe I was sitting at 21 9 and 2 at one point. Your three team 10 point teaser. I'm 5 and 8 on the year on these. This is kind of ridiculous, but I really like this one. We're going to tease Green Bay up. We're going to tease Green Bay up to plus 16 on this. Getting six at home. We're adding 10 to that. We'll get 16. We're getting um, uh, 10 more with the Tennessee Titans at home. Give me the Titans at home plus 11. And let's go Atlanta Jets under 44. I don't see either of these teams scoring very much. We've still got Tim Boyle at the helm for the New York Jets. If there's one thing the Jets can do is play a little bit of defense, and I don't think they're putting up 14 of their own, which means Atlanta would have to score 30 for this to go over, and I just don't see it. So give me the Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets under 44, teamed with Tennessee plus 11 and Green Bay plus 16 for your three-team 10-point teaser. Before we get into the college games for the weekend, let me talk about tonight's game in the NFL, Seattle against the Dallas Cowboys. This is the first of five straight games where the Dallas Cowboys are playing somebody over 500. They've only played two of those games through their first 11 this year, and they are 0-2. Got killed by San Francisco, lost to Philadelphia 28-23. San Francisco game was 42-10. The other nine games, 8-1 straight up, and seven of those are by 20 points or more. This isn't college football. This is pro football. You rarely ever see that. But the Cowboys have beaten bad teams very badly in seven of their eight wins this season. And what's being talked about a lot this year is the play of Dak Prescott, who just found out he and his girlfriend are pregnant and they're expecting next year. Congratulations to them. But a lot of talk surrounding Dak because he is the guy that takes the brunt of the Cowboys' failures the quarterback of the team. He's only won, I believe, two playoff games since he's been here. This is his eighth year starting. He's got to put up or shut up. He's got a large contract. But this year he's actually playing really well. Now it comes down to is he playing really well because his level of competition stinks? Or is he getting better? Is the offense more suited for him this year with Mike McCarthy calling the plays? We don't really know. The two big games that he needed to win this year, he lost. So I I don't know what to make of it right now. But if you look at his overall statistics and you compare them to Patrick Mahomes for this year, he's beating Patrick Mahomes in every single major statistical category. And they're both 8-3, and so tied for record-wise. Dak is thrown for 2,935 yards. Mahomes is 18 yards behind that, 29-17. Dak has 23 touchdowns and six interceptions. Mahomes has 21 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Dak has a passer rating of 107.4. Mahomes has a passer rating of 96.3. Dak's completion percentage this year is 70% on the dot. Mahomes is 68.1. 
Now, does this mean Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? No, it doesn't. Patrick Mahomes has been a starter for five years, and he's made the AFC Championship game every single year he's been in the league. Three times he won it, twice he won a Super Bowl, once he lost. So I'm not saying that. But I am saying that Dak is having one of his better years, and I'm also saying on the flip side of that, it doesn't really matter until playoff time. You know, I, you hate to say that because he could have a great regular season and be named the regular season MVP. I think his odds are down to 8-1. to one. Look, if the Cowboys somehow go on a run and in these next five games they go 4-1 and one, and let's say they're sitting there at 12-4 and four and finish the season 13-4 and four, and the Cowboys win the NFC East, I think, well, put it this way, if the Cowboys finish 13-4, and four, it's going to be because of the play of Dak Prescott. So... If they win it, I think he has a good shot to win the MVP. Now, the question is, will he go 4-1 and one in these next five? Nobody really knows. He hasn't shown in the past that he can. Is he going to beat an over 500 team five games in a row? Because we got uh, Seattle tonight, Philly at home next week, then they're at Buffalo, at Miami, home against Detroit. It's a pretty bad gauntlet that they have to face. Bad meaning good. And... The Philadelphia Eagles are passing with flying colors their six-game gauntlet. You know, they've beaten the Cowboys, they've beaten the Chiefs, and they've beaten the Bills. Now they've got San Francisco, Dallas, and Seattle in their next three. Three more teams that are over 500. Seattle might not be a 500 team by the time the Eagles get to them in three weeks, but at least five of the six are going to be over 500. The first three, they've already beaten. And now they've got San Francisco this week at home, Dallas on the road next week. They're probably going to split. I don't know which one they're going to win, which one they're going to lose, but my guess is they'll split and they'll beat Seattle in two weeks. So now you're looking at they're going to be sitting at 12-2 and two with Giants. I, think, I believe it's Giants, Commanders, Giants to end the season for them. Or it's either or maybe it's like Giants, Falcons, Giants. They play the Giants twice in their last three games, and they're going to kill them. So you can add on two more wins at least to however they finish through this three-game stretch, and they're starting this three-game stretch at 10-1. and one. So, I mean, we're looking at a 14-3, 15-2 season for the Eagles, barring some major collapse here. But Dak is playing really well, and if you want to take somewhat of a quote-unquote long shot to win the NFL MVP, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles and win the NFC East this year, it's going to be because of the play of Dak down the stretch. I just can't imagine he plays horribly and they still win the NFC East. It just it can't happen. So keep that in mind. It is a possibility. I'm not particularly going to bet it because Dak hasn't shown me in eight years that he's able to string together a bunch of good starts against good teams. He's in a great run right now. Four or five, his last four or five games is the best stretch of his career. But they've all been against garbage teams, all under 500 outside of the Philly game and he couldn't get that job done. Played well, but couldn't get the job done. Interesting game tonight. Cowboys have won seven of their eight games by 20 or more. This line opened at 7.5. Now it's at 9.5. I mean, Vegas has to set it this high. The Dallas Cowboys are killing everybody they play at home this year. 5-0 and at home. All the wins by 20 or more. It's like if they would have set this line at 15, you'd be like, yeah, well, the Cowboys are 5-0, and and they haven't won a game at home by less than 20. So... Nine and a half almost seems low based on what they're doing and what they have done this year at home. But we all know that you just don't win every game at home by 20 points. It's 
The question becomes, when does it end? Does it end this week against Detroit? Does it end this week again, next week against Philly? Does it end in four weeks against Detroit? We just don't know. But those are their last three home games. We'll see how they finish out at home. Now let's take a look at your college football slate for the weekend. I only have one play in all of these games, and I'll, and I'll get to it. I'll just give you my thoughts as I run through them, where I'm leaning towards if you're forcing me to bet the game. I mean, it's unbelievable tonight that Oregon is a 10-point favorite over Washington. I know it's a neutral field. I know Oregon has been killing everybody. But a 12-0 a team that has already beaten Oregon is now a 10-point dog to them? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon won the rematch. It's tough to beat somebody twice in one year. But a 10-point underdog on a neutral field? I, that's And Washington, look, their biggest flaw is their defense. But their defense has actually played well recently. 10 points does seem like a lot. So, gun to my head. I'll take the points on this one. I'll, I'll lean with the points on that. That's not my play. You'll know what my play is when I get to it. New Mexico State and Liberty. I mean, if there's one guy that's going to make the jump to a Power 5 school from a non-Power 5 school, it's going to be Jamie Chadwell at Liberty. This guy turned around Coastal Carolina, went to Liberty, and put up a 12-0 season. I mean, I, I can't imagine he's sticking around. Somebody's going to hire him at a Power 5 school. They're laying 11 against New Mexico State, who is the second-best covering team in all of college football this year. I believe they went 10-2 and against the spread. Seems like a lot of points, but Liberty has just, every time I look at their spread every week, I'm like, God, I should be betting them because they're one of the better covering teams too. They blow everybody out. I'd probably just stay away from this one. I mean, forcing me to give you a lean one way or the other, probably lean towards Liberty just because of the way they played this year, and they just blow everybody out. Texas, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, this line is so inflated. This is way too much. 15 points? Texas? They struggled at Houston this year. They struggled at home against Kansas State. No, thank you. I'll take the points in this one. This is your college play for the weekend. Give me Oklahoma State plus 15. This is probably inflated because of last week's 50-point win over Texas Tech, 57-7. to I get it and Oklahoma State struggled with BYU, but Oklahoma State is better than a 15-point underdog against Texas. I'm sorry. That's too many points. I'll take the points in this one. Toledo minus eight against Miami of Ohio. I'd probably lean toward Toledo in that game. UNLV getting two and a half at home. The game is at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I like the Rebels in that one, and yes, I call them the Rebels. It's a long story. It goes back to the early 2000s. When me and my buddies were out there for first week of NFL, or first week of college, or we go out for first week of NFL, but it's the second week of college, and UNLV was playing, I believe, Northwestern. It was either Northwestern or Wisconsin at Sam Boyd, where the games used to be. And we were just like, let's go to the game. Sam Boyd. And we were still kind of, basically kind of fresh out of college. And we weren't Vegas, I would say, experts just yet. And we thought Sam Boyd was walking distance from the strip. And uh, so we, we we took a cab to the game. Don't get me wrong. We, we cabbed to the game. But then w- the cab line to get back was just ridiculous. And so we're like, yeah, just walk it. It's right over there. It's the strip. It's right there. We can see it. <laughs> One of the worst decisions of our lives. Anyway, while we were at the game, there was a guy in the stands in all UNLV gear that every time he stood up to cheer – 
called him called them the Rebels. <laughs> and he would just and he would drag it out. He'd go, Rebels. And so ever since then, I'm sorry, UNLV is the Rebels to me and my buddies. Uh, the other game, the AAC championship game at Tulane, they're laying three and a half against SMU. SMU's quarterback is out. Preston Stone, he's the reason they're 10-2 and two this year. I just I can't take them with a guy that hasn't played quarterback for them. Georgia-Alabama, I know everyone wants an opinion on this game. Obviously, if Alabama wins, that is going to create the most chaos with the college football playoff committee, but I just don't see it. I just... I've watched Georgia enough times this year. The, remember the first six games of the year? They were 0-6 against the spread. Or maybe it was the first five. It was, at, it was at least the first five they were 0-5 against the spread. And you're just like, what is wrong with this team? They're winning, but they don't look good at all. Ever since then, they've turned on the afterburners, and they've looked good against everybody, and they're blowing teams out. I know Alabama is 11-1. They've gotten better and better as the season has gone along. Can they win this game? Absolutely. But if you're asking me to enforcing me to pick it, I'll take Georgia and I'll lay the four and a half. App State and Troy in the Sunbelt Championship game. Give me Troy, one of the better defenses in the nation. I'll take a better defense against a better offense all the time. Florida State, only two and a half point favorites against Louisville. Tate Rodemaker is not the answer. I'd like to see Louisville win because I have a feeling that the committee is going to take a 13-0 Florida State team to the college football playoff. They're going to be the four seed, and they are going to get trounced by Georgia or Michigan. And people are going to be like, well, see, they lost their quarterback, yet they you still put them in. Yeah, I agree. They shouldn't put them in. Iowa-Michigan, name your score. This is this is 31-3. This is 35-7. This is 38-7, 41-10. Michigan's covering this game. 22.5 isn't high enough. I'll take Michigan in this one. And, hey, how about that SWAC championship game? Prairie View against Florida A&M. I couldn't tell you one thing about either of these schools. Florida A&M laying 17 and a hook. Whatever. I, I don't know. Flip a coin. But those are my thoughts on these games in college. I really do like Oklahoma State plus the 15, but if there was another game that I would tell you to bet, it would be UNLV at home getting 2.5. Getting to play a championship game on your home field is a huge advantage, I would say, and they're getting points. Boise State has fired their coach. I, I must have missed something and not been paying attention to Boise State football. I thought they were horseshit this year. They're in the Mountain West championship game. I thought they were like four and four at one point. Totally blind to me. Uh, UNLV is ten and two against the spread this year. They're the number one covering team in college football. I'll take them plus two and a half at home. And you know what? That's two plays for you. So I'll give you two college plays this week. Oklahoma State plus 15, UNLV plus two and a half. There you go. Do with it as you please. Tail me, fade me. It doesn't matter. At this point, I can't blame you for anything you do. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. The Daily Roundup has been posted. You can listen to that if you're interested in that sort of thing, talking about the Golden Bachelor finale and Bachelor in Paradise, along with a new podcast coming out at the beginning of 2024. I mean, everybody has a podcast now. Look who's joined the crowd. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.